You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Well, no end in sight for the big problems governments are facing at both the federal and provincial levels. Starting in Ottawa, the SNC-Lavalin affair is still front and centre. Jody Wilson-Raybould herself could testify before the Justice Committee as early as tomorrow. And the Conservatives plan to introduce a motion today calling on Justin Trudeau to take questions for from the committee for two hours, no later than J- March the 15th. Now, uh, I'm not sure if that has any other purpose other than keeping this in the headlines. It's in the headlines anyway. There's also word that they may change legislation to make life easier for SNC-Lavalin in the event of a conviction. All of this as voters go to the polls in three by-elections, one of which will determine whether the NDP leader gets a seat in the House. And here at home at Queen's Park, the autism story just keeps getting worse for the Doug Ford government. Now with allegations, they froze the waiting list in the fall in order to inflate it. The government, of course, denying this. So we want to hear from you. Uh, What do you make of all of this? Is this anything that is going to stick? Uh, Last Friday on Free For All Friday, People were upset about the Jody Wilson-Raybould SNC-Lavalin affair. Uh, And I find that kind of interesting because uh, at first I thought it might be a kind of inside Ottawa thing. So the numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Now I'd like to welcome Kim Wright of Kim Wright Strategies here in studio and Jason Leader of Enterprise Canada. Hi there. Hi, Libby. Jason, are you there? Hello? Hey, I'm there. Yeah, I'm here. How okay, everybody's here. Uh, Kim, let's start with you. Uh, the by-election tonight, is this whole SNC-Lavalin thing, uh, you know, doing a, maybe a little bit of a favor for Jagmeet Singh? Well, it'll certainly be interesting to see in Outremont uh, whether or not this will play into that. Uh, there is uh, There are two schools of thought of Quebec politics, of so whether it will matter or not. Uh, we'll see. But I... I have firmly believed and have for quite some time, and not just because I'm a partisan New Democrat, but Jigmeet will win his seat in Burnaby South. Uh, this is a seat that has been a New Democrat stronghold, although they still have to fight for it uh, for generations. In fact, Tommy Douglas once ran in Burnaby. So uh, if Jigmeet does not win, that's a whole other set of conversations, and I'll be happy to come back <laughs> and talk about that. Uh, but I don't anticipate that he will have a difficulty winning tonight. Okay, uh, just to give a little background, Uch- that is the seat of the former NDP leader, Tom Mulcair, but it is traditionally or has been traditionally a liberal seat. He turned it NDP. Uh, of course, it was under Mulcair that the NDP had great success in Quebec, but uh, there's been a recent poll saying if the election were tomorrow, they'd have one seat. Well, let's not get Tom Mulcair too much credit for all of Quebec. Uh, Jack Layton did an extraordinary job of really working that uh, that ground. Uh, 
in fact, Jack, uh, under the orange wave of 2011, got quite a number of seats. And, and Tom Mulcair, uh, well, about this time prior to the last election, was heading to uh, 24 Sussex, is now out of politics. And we have 16 some odd seats in, in Quebec. So let's not give Tom Mulcair all the credit in the world. He did do a good job as leader. I was sorry to see him go. Uh, but uh, the way he has behaved and conducted himself subsequent to his exit from politics has not helped anyone, especially New Democrats in the province of Quebec. Okay, Jason. Okay, that's with the New Democrats. Now, in the meantime, there's there's all this stuff about what's going on inside the Liberal Party with this, I would say, scandal. And, and now there are Liberals coming out and saying, oh, that Jody Wilson-Raybould, she wants to take... Justin Trudeau down because he demoted her. What what do you make of all that, Jason? What a mess. Um, you know, we're we're two, three weeks into this thing and the Liberals still haven't come up with a credible explanation. The only person that's come out and really laid it out clearly was the clerk of the Privy Council last week and he got a, a sort of a firestorm of criticism for for coming across as a little bit too partisan. But I think we do know now, I mean, from his testimony, I think we're very it's very clear what happened here. Uh they weren't on, they weren't happy with Jody Wilson's Rainbow Raybould's decision. Um, they decided that they were going to try to turn it around. Uh, they spent most of the time leading up to Christmas trying to turn it around. She wouldn't agree. They fired her early in the new year when they got the first opportunity when Scott Bryson stepped down. And, uh, you know, the, the question, the, the, the case that they're making is the pressure was not inappropriate. Um, the pressure was appropriate. And I guess, you know, that's going to be for Canadians to, to judge because, you know, got a prime minister who came to office sort of saying, I'm going to treat everybody differently, hashtags anyways, I'm a feminist and we're going to have this and that. And he's, uh, it, right now it's looking like a he said, she said between him and Jody Wilson-Raybould. And I don't think that's the way that they wanted to go into the last, ele- or the next election uh, in 2019 here. Uh- Kim, uh, you you were saying that you're surprised this is still a story. This has been handled, mishandled, frankly, for weeks. And every day there seems to be a new addition that the Prime Minister's office probably didn't count on, uh, wording that uh, continues to add into this. And certainly the Clerk of the Privy Council last week added a whole lot of this to, to this. Uh, Ms. Wilson-Raybould spoke to Cabinet, uh, was invited in to actually give her side of the story last week, which I heard is extraordinary. That she, that she invited herself. Well, but she still had to be invited in the room. And, uh, you know, she sat outside and she waited to be formally asked in and gave her, her side of things to, to the, to her cabinet colleagues. It, uh, the, all of this is just extraordinary. But there's an old adage in, in politics and in life, when you hit rock bottom, don't start to tunnel. And this government has continued to continue to continue to tunnel, the likes of which we haven't seen since somebody built a subway in this city. What, what do you mean by that? I mean, you're just continuing to dig yourself deeper and deeper and deeper into a hole uh, that wasn't necessary. If he had come out and, and ju- if the prime minister had just come out and said, we had a differing of opinion or... Whatever he might have wanted to say, I'm sorry to see her go. Her, you know, his comments of she, her, her position within the cabinet speaks for herself. And then the next day she goes. His tone of calling her Jody as opposed to Minister Ms. Wilson Raybould, as every other courtesy should be extended to her, just continue to pile on to a narrative that. They didn't get it. They don't understand why this is a problem. They don't understand why this is so against their brand of being all sunny ways and feminist. And they continue to make this a terrible story that people are now starting to go, 
okay, what's actually going on here? Is it just about a very large company uh, that has a lot of jobs in Quebec? It's probably a lot more than this now. And what else is there? And the what else is there really goes back to her resignation letter uh, from the cabinet where people at the time had thought it was about murdered and missing Indigenous women and, and the fiasco that has been how the government has handled that file. But in fact, it turned out that it was this undue pressure, this, while the Prime Minister may not have seen it as pressure, certainly most people would see it as pressure uh, on the Attorney General to to cut a deal. Jason, how how much how many legs does this story have? How how long can it possibly last? If if Minister Wilson Raybould or Ms. Wilson Raybould, I guess more correctly now, drops the bomb that she's expected to drop tomorrow morning, um, and looks like she's out for blood, this could be a long time before the before the Liberals are out from under this one. I mean, um, you know, they're not gonna sacrifice Justin Trudeau. They will do anything possible to sacrifice and to, to, to avoid sacrificing Mr. Trudeau. Um, they're gonna have a hard time explaining some of that. You know, why why Mr. Butts has to go um, when um, you know, you sort of basically did the same thing or directed him. He was, he was implementing your, your pressure, but they're going to do everything they can to, to make sure that Mr. Trudeau can stay around, but sort of everybody else is expendable. And there's no end in sight. I, I think we're pretty clear. Ms. Ms. Wilson-Raybould is obviously um, wants to tell a story. Um, she wants to tell her side of it. And she is uh, a principled woman um, who is, uh, you know, sort of has been the country's top lawyer. And I got to say, it, it's, I look at this thing and I just, I, it's hard for me to believe that the Liberals have got themselves in a mess where the Prime Minister and one of his most senior female cabinet ministers or former female cabinet ministers are in a knockdown, drag them out fight in March going into an election in, in, in October. Well, how uh, do you think they should have handled it? Uh, well, I mean, number one, they shouldn't have uh, tried to pressure and and, uh, and and get out of this thing. I mean, if they wanted to, if they wanted to help SNC Lavalin, which uh, is is a credible political position, it's 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 not something necessarily that all of us agree on, but I can say that that's a credible political position. They could have let the co- prosecution run it run its course, and then at the end of it, they could have done what they're going to do anyway. It looks like, um, which is change the law. They could have changed the law to sort of say, um, you know. Despite the international agreement that we've made to to ensure that SNC couldn't bid on federal contracts for ten years, we're waiving that. The people have you know paid their dues. Why should the company you know have to pay the an extra price? We're going to change the law. They could have done exactly what they're going to thinking about doing instead of going at Ms. Wilson Raybould and saying you got to change your decision. So I mean, this the problem is not a communications problem. The problem is the decision they made was wrong. Okay, I'm going to give the numbers out again. Uh, I just want to hear what what people think. And for me, at the end of the day, the question is, does this just confirm things for people who already don't like Justin Trudeau? Or is it changing anyone's mind about him? Is it making people, you know... A lot of our audience, they kind of see him as a lightweight, uh, you know, somebody with not much substance. But uh, are people starting to see him as perhaps a hypocrite? Uh, 
as you know, somebody who is practicing liberal politics, same old, same old. So I'd like to hear from people out there on that. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. And Kim, so one of the things, excuse me, on this, when he apologized to her, and I put the apology in quotes, and and he sort of said, well, he didn't uh, deal with, you know, the whispers behind her back that, that she was difficult, that she was not a team player. And suddenly there are new whispers behind her back that really she's uh, very vindictive and she's trying to take the party down for demoting her. So what's up with that? I think the prime minister doth protest too much. Uh, ultimately, you know, he sets the tone. And for all of his comments about sunny ways and doing politics different and wanting, it literally week, a few weeks ago, he was talking about wanting to set a more positive tone going into the campaign. And he sat on this for several days, over a week, and then, because he was getting so much criticism and backlash, felt like he needed to say something. I mean, this is a prime minister who's got, you know, Adam Vaughan, former councillor, now MP, who talks about whacking the premier uh, on his Twitter account. He's got all these other problems. He's had the Huawei situation and having to get rid of Minister McCallum for allegedly speaking out of turn. Ambassador McCallum. And, uh, sorry, Ambassador <laughs> former minister. For, former minister. I got so used to mm. saying that. Uh, you know, he really just doesn't understand... I'm not sure if he doesn't understand or doesn't recognize some of the interpersonal dynamics that he has set the tone for uh, and that he has allowed people in his in his name to say a bunch of things. And perhaps with his blessing, we don't know. Uh, But his comments of I didn't understand how much this was a problem, his comments for we didn't really see that this was pressure. I, I didn't understand. No, clearly he didn't. And he has a problem with his lack of understanding about how his words and his actions and inactions actually impact people. Okay, uh, let's get to the phones. We've got uh, Jim on the line. I'm not sure from where. Hi, Jim. Yes, uh, from Hanover. Hi. Uh, hi. Uh, this is Mrs. wilson Raybould. Um, I don't think she's going to come out kicking and fighting on uh, Wednesday. She's uh, not going to go against Trudeau. Uh, it's like when you've got a little dog, it don't bite the hand that feeds you. And she knows which side her bread is buttered on. But all this, I think, is coming up. that not, They don't want Trudeau to be prime minister anymore. They want her to do it, and they're giving her plenty of publicity for people to choose her over Trudeau. Uh, that's that, what I think. That, that that's uh, I think I actually have heard that. Thanks, Jim, for that. Let's go to Diane in Toronto. Hi, Diane. Hi, Libby. Thank you for taking my call. You're very welcome. I'm calling about the Lavalin thing. Totally, totally pathetic and disgraceful. Especially that fellow from the Privy Council last week. I mean, he he said what in his own words that they were pressuring her. Why did he think that it was necessary for him? to talk to her about the jobs in in Quebec, like she didn't know in her position. And then Trudeau comes out and apologizes for uh, not defending her earlier over the terrible things that were being said. All these things that were being said, this is when he was throwing her under the bus day after day after day. They are totally, totally pathetic in this whole situation. 
it's just disgraceful, totally disgraceful. Okay, Diane, thanks for that. Uh, what about this theory that this is Jody Wilson-Raybould's play to take over the leadership? I mean, I actually have heard that elsewhere, not just from Jim. Jason, do you want to take this one first? <laughs> for sure. You know, she. I, I, here's the thing. She's clearly angry. She's clearly playing the puppet strings uh, here uh, and, and managing this crisis. There's no doubt about that. Um, and we can all guess about her motives on that. Um, I think it's clear. Um, look, she was happy to be the attorney general. In fact, quite the, quite the opposite of, uh, I think she was very happy to be, to have the job that she had. And, you know, she was fired, it appears, because she wouldn't go along with, uh, you know, a set of, you know, I guess we can't call them directives, but, uh, you know, the, the, the PM's way, the PM didn't get his way. So they got rid of her, they got to put her out of the way. And then in addition to that, um, you know, I think she was unhappy with the direction of some of the reconciliation efforts. That much is clear. And so I don't think like, she didn't manufacture this this crisis. They manufactured this crisis. She is certainly throwing gasoline on it. There's no doubt about that. Um, does she want to be the leader of the Liberal Party of Canada? I would say that is more difficult today than it was six weeks ago. I would say that she had a better chance six weeks ago of being the Liberal Party of, you know, the, 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 the leader of the Liberal Party of Canada at some point. The Liberal Party, like most political parties, um, uh, punishes um, people who aren't team players. They punish people who um, put them through this kind of internal rigmarole. And I would say that there's a lot of Liberals that are very, very unhappy with Jody Wilson-Raybould. And if you put the, the vote, um, you know, remember, the Liberal Party members pick who the Prime Minister is or who the, who the leader of the party is. If you put her to a vote today, I don't think she'd do that well. Yeah, this takes, uh, you know, for her to have manufactured all of this would have required uh, some, you know, psychic abilities that I'm not sure anybody could have predicted uh, and how this would go, that Jerry Butts would resign, that, you know, there are questions about all sorts of other people in the prime minister's office and the prime minister himself of how he's managed this. This this would have taken a lot of chess maneuvering that I'm not sure, uh, you know, anybody could have quite predicted, not even a movie developer. But ultimately, you know, what's interesting will be how this will catch the actual imagination of Canadians as they go to the polls coming up and also what comes next you know well the the conservatives have this ides of march we want you in by march 15th kind of mandate uh, request coming out uh we're going to see probably a lot more coming through ultimately the prime minister and his team want this wrapped up sooner rather than later certainly by the time they have what they hope to be a good news budget on march 19th uh and certainly getting into the house what he's about to what the prime minister is about to face and the next in the coming few days will be a house full of uh of leaders that he's going to be going up against so he'll have Jugmeet in the house he'll have andrew Scheer, max bernier elizabeth may all will be in the house uh, hammering them on this day after day and what will what will be interesting to see is whether or not regular folks will start to care about this okay well let's uh let's hear from a couple of those so-called regular folks uh let's go to pat in toronto hi pat good morning um yes i've been watching this with great interest and one of the things that hits me is why does justin have sort of a king concept 
I mean, yes, his father was a very significant and great prime minister, but why does that give him some sort of a right to rise to the top so quickly at the Liberal Party? That would be my first uh, question. Um, I like the uh, the uh, cartoon in the Globe on Saturday uh, sort of told it all for me, the, the picture with the halo. Uh, and that's sort of the concept that uh, Justin, or as I call him, the boy with the good hair, uh, is trying to spin. And I don't think he's got really the experience that he that is required for a prime minister. Okay, Pat, thanks for that. Thank you. Um, He's got skills, though, for sure. <laughs> Look, the, he did become prime minister. Yes. And he became leader of the Liberal Party mm-hmm. at a time when, you know, it, it wasn't very popular to be the leader of the Liberal Party. And they had badly messed up in the two previous leaders they picked. Exactly. And so for him to come in and not only come in and through, but ultimately where he was trailing very badly in the polls going into the last election, as I said, you know, Tom Mulcair was on his way to get the keys to the castle. But, you know, elections matter. Elections happen. And he performed well. He and his team performed extraordinarily well. I think anybody who can be an almost dispassionate observer uh, would go, yeah, they ran a really good campaign last night. But governing is always much harder than campaigning. And so they need to finish this governing side of things and then also find a way to get people excited about running for them as candidates again. And they're having a hard time getting people to run for them as candidates. Joe in Newmarket. Hi, Joe. Hello, Lizzie. How are you? Fine. So, uh, it just feels to me like this uh, politicking, uh, whether it's called manufacturing, uh, whatever it might be, it's giving uh, the regular folks like myself less and less space in the political system, and especially in the party system. Um, whether it be the Liberals, whether it be the Conservatives, whether it be the NDP, most of us regular folks are tired of, of hearing, you know, scandal after scandal or issue after issue, whether it's one party backing uh, a very large, uh, uh, you know, industrialist or whether it's SNC Lavalin or whether it's uh, the multinational uh, organized union. It seems like uh, there's a set of... Okay, Joe, I'm sorry. Your your line is bad, but I think we get the drift of what you are saying. It looks like it's two sets of rules, one for regular people, one for politicians. And it's there just we go. Feeding, and it's feeding more and more into the populist, uh, uh, you know, uh, wave. And that's unfortunate. Because oh. people are losing faith in in the system, and and falling to to populism as a result of this. Okay, Joe, uh, thanks thank for that. We're going to Brian in Mimico. Hi, Brian. Hi, Libby. You know, I don't know how anybody takes uh, Justin Trudeau seriously to begin with. The man's a pompous, arrogant, spoiled brat millionaire living on a trust fund. Never had to get a job in his life. Never bothered finishing his education. Never went into a career like a lawyer or anything. He's always had fun jobs. He was a teacher. You know, whitewater instructor or anything. The only serious thing he did was as a drama teacher. Of all the things you're going to teach children, a drama? I think he took that on just so he could learn how to act and sound so serious when he's apologizing for the rest of us for something. And, you know, just make himself look that good on television and everything else. And that's why the liberals got him to be leader, because he, he can be guaranteed to do the same thing his father did, 
get them elected. They don't really care about the policies or that. Like, is uh, you know, Canada's going to be the first post-nation state or anything? Why don't they look at that? Ask questions. What do you mean by that? What do you mean Canada doesn't have a personality or any morals or any history or anything like that? And it's and that's all he is. He's just an actor playing the role of prime minister. And more and more people are beginning to see that. I imagine uh, Jody got kind of fed up with that, too. Okay, Brian, thanks for that. Um, We are starting to run out of time on this, so uh, let's start to wrap things up. Jason Leader, uh, what what do you predict is happening next on this? I, I think it's, the big question that we've got to ask ourselves or that we've got to look for for the next couple of days is, Jody, is Jody Wilson-Raybould going to dig in further or is she going to try and make peace? That's, I think, the question for her testimony. It looks like it's going to be tomorrow morning. So the question is, you know, does she say the clerk tried to pressure me and, you know, Mr. Butts tried to pressure me, but I never heard anything from Mr. Trudeau? You know, that's one version that she could tell. Like the question, And is that, yeah. that gets them out of it? Well, I, I, it, it certainly helps things. Um, you know, what's her end game, right? Like, is she is is the end game to blow up the Liberal Party and his government? At some point, um, she's got this. She's got to tell the truth. We know that about her. Um, but you know, she's got to decide what is her goal, what is her objective, and um, you know, if she wants to stay in the Liberal Party and run for the Liberal Party in the next um, ele- election, she's probably got to tell a version of the truth that keeps Mr. Trudeau around. So um, that's going to be very interesting to see how she walks that tightrope over the next couple of days. Kim? You know, she's got very smart lawyers. She is a very smart lawyer. She needs to walk that tightrope tight not to obstruct justice uh, and, to, and to tell what she's been framing as her truth. And I think that's going to be quite interesting. Look, everyone is fascinated by a former cabinet minister with stories to tell, as has been evidenced by the fact we've all been fascinated by this former cabinet minister with a story to tell. But it really is a question of, what comes next? How do they manage this? Is this going to be something else that becomes the hashtag if Scott Bryson didn't resign? And how do we move forward uh, from that? But as I said, what will be interesting will be how the opposition uh, leaders play this, but also how they set their own aspirational agenda for Canadians. And that's what's really going to be fascinating over the coming weeks and months. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 